If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. You know, it is great to have you along with us today on 2020 and a focus this coming hour on young people, Australian young people. And how do you mobilise young people to maturity as Christian believers, also in ministry and mission? And to introduce us to uh, the special guest we have with us in the studio today, uh, Richard Sharp, who's the CEO of Youth for Christ in Australia. Richard, welcome to 2020. Yeah, thanks, Neil. It's really a pleasure to be here. Now, let me just get this, uh, just for our listeners, you have flown in today from Melbourne. I have. And uh, you've got some business to do in Brisbane. And uh, and Youth for Christ these days uh, is all over Australia. I think it's something like 11 centres. Yeah, um, we're present within 11 centres around uh, the country. Um, only state currently where we're not present is Tasmania. We'd like that to change. <laughs> um, the ACT as well is probably the territory we're not in at the moment. But everywhere else we're in, we have a presence at the moment. And interestingly, when you say you're not there in Tasmania, but that can change simply by having someone make contact with you and, uh, and begin a work which has the banner YFC. Absolutely. And did you have a work previously in Tasmania at any time? Um, not to my knowledge but that we've um, had in the, in the past within Tasmania that we've had a work. Um, we've had them um, work consistently in other areas all around the country. So um, if there is anybody in Tasmania that's excited about our conversation today, I'd love to hear from them. And these days, uh, Youth for Christ, uh, you've got somewhere uh, upwards of uh, uh, 70-odd people who are on staff in those centres all around the country. But the interesting thing is more than a 1,000 volunteers yeah, and, and those 1,000 volunteers will be what we would deem as regular volunteers, so people who have committed um, to, to be involved in more than a single program or more than a single opportunity to be with young people. So we're talking about uh, very connected people into uh, what it's about and people that represent the local church. So Now, I want to invite our listeners to participate in our conversation this hour. We're talking about how you mobilize young people to maturity as Christian believers and in ministry and mission. Uh, Have today's young people got what it takes? Uh, Is the older generation effectively mobilizing young people? And while we're talking the context of Youth for Christ today, a wonderful organization that's been around since I think it dates back to the 1940s when it was formed in the United States. Uh, Here in Australia, as we've heard, it's in uh, every state and territory except for Tasmania. And by the end of this hour, you never know, you might be on the phone to us saying, uh, how do we get a a YFC set up in Tasmania? And the man to talk to is with us this hour. But I want to ask you if you can contribute to our conversation this hour. 
Uh, talking about young people, you can call us on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. That's one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six to contribute to our conversation about young people. Let me ask you, uh, Richard Sharp, uh, today's young people have they got what it takes uh, to be a mission and ministry minded generation? Um, one hundred percent, yes, uh, is my answer to that. And I think uh, what we're experiencing is we're experiencing with our current generation often. We hear people talk about our current generation of young people like um, they are less reliable. They are um, less committed to want to actually commit the long haul to something. They're, they're always looking for a new option or they're um, always on technology and they're less connected. Um, and I'd, I'd have to say that from our experience, um, some of those things can be true. But on the whole, I think they couldn't be less true about a large majority of young people who we're seeing being transformed by the gospel. So we're seeing a generation of young people who are cause-driven, who are deeply relationally focused, um, who want to make a change, want to make a difference. And I think willing in the right environment, and I think the right environment's the most important part of it all, is in the right environment when given the equipment and the support, um, we'll do things that will blow our mind. Okay, so we've got a young people who've got what it takes, mm. but uh, a concern that you expressed in there, perhaps a short attention span, uh, the idea of being committed to something uh, in a long, long term, and that probably is difficult for all of us, uh, given the changing technology, the changing way that we live our lives, but, but it is something that young people have to come to grips with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the key is, though, is that um, we're not talking about just... Um, changing or tinkering with young people. We're talking about young people who have the opportunity to have a transformational experience of who Jesus is. When they are transformed by the the reality of who Jesus is in their lives, those things and aspects and characteristics that they get tarnished with have the ability to change. Um, So we're we're not just managing young people and trying to make them good workers or good missionaries or get them busy. Um, We're talking about introducing them to to Jesus who has the potential to transform everything about them. And when that happens and we see that happen, um, we see amazing fruit. And so I, I think all of those things are able to be overcome and we're seeing they are overcome with a genuine relationship with Christ. It is what I have loved about Youth for Christ over the years, this really fine-tuned focus on Jesus, the transforming relationship that young people can have. And uh, and you guys have done amazingly over the years to just keep that at the center of what you're doing. Yeah, look, the reality for us is um, it's very clear who we are. It's clear in who we are in our name. And um, we have, have no desire to run away from the reality of who Jesus is, who Jesus is in our movement, and who Jesus can be to a generation of young people. Uh, let's talk about Youth for Christ around the world just uh, briefly, because yeah. I want to come back and don't want to lose our focus on young people and young Australian people. But a uh, hundred countries? Uh, yeah, we're well over Christ, now. Yeah. We're um, This is our 70th year internationally. We're celebrating our 70th year. We will gather together in Bangkok, Thailand this year in September for our um, international conference. I'm celebrating 70 years. Um, and the the conference focus this year is boldness in evangelism. And it is a um, it is a, also a conference that is to celebrate young leaders. So there'll be young leaders from all over the world, and we're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young leaders from every corner of the globe coming together um, to be to be encouraged, to be taught, to be empowered. And so we're in, in the place in the last sort of three to four years, we've seen the largest expansion of Youth for Christ ministry numerically into new countries. And we're in uh, over 135 countries now. And we've seen over 30 countries pioneered in the last three years with the wide majority of those being birthed by young people. 
So people from 17 to 25 birthing brand new mission in whole new places and in some countries that you and I would probably never expect to happen. And I think um, it's that empowering and the giving back of ministry and mission to the young people that is what is seeing the fruit currently within the movement worldwide. And Richard, tell me how Youth for Christ works alongside local churches in communities. And if we come back into our Australian context, how do you guys actually work with the churches? Well, absolutely, because the reality for us is we're not a standalone. We don't do things on our own. The whole purpose of our existence is to work hand in hand with the local church. We believe that the best place for believers to be nourished and discipled is in the context of community, in the context of their local churches. So for us, we're not our own entity as far as that's concerned. Um, Everything we do has to be in partnership with the church. We want to see all churches win. We want to see denominations strong. We want to see youth work positive and engaged. And we want to see people lay down at times um, their differences across denominations to come together for the reality of what it is they all call believing. And we know that is that the The transforming love of Jesus has the power to do that. Richard Sharp is our guest. He's the CEO of Youth for Christ. And you can join our conversation here on uh, on air live. Uh, You can call us on 1-800-880-876. You might have something to contribute to our conversation today. And it doesn't matter if you're even in a remote community. You can tell us about uh, your perceptions of young people. Are we too hard sometimes on young people? Do we often underestimate the gifts and the talents and the possibilities that young people have in their lives today when it comes to this issue of ministry and mission. Has the older generation in your community perhaps neglected the mobilising of young people in faith? Uh, Richard, when you are talking to young people, let me just uh, catch your heartbeat on this. Uh, Young people... Uh, in ministry and mission, uh, those sorts of things when we start talking about that, those are leadership pursuits. Uh, you're into actually developing young people to actually be leaders. Yeah, I think um, quite clearly there are certain people who are gifted in leadership. It's that They come up and, and people notice those. The reality is we believe, I guess, that there's a whole generation of young people who have the ability to serve. And so it's not just the leader, but it could be the service. And as part of their faith, it's part of their outworkings of their relationship with Christ. Having said that, there are young people who we believe have the power to do something pretty spectacular um, through their lives and their giftings and clearly um, have the potential to be leaders. Now, I like what you guys do. Uh, You don't just have someone come off the street, uh, even if they've had that wonderful encounter with Christ. Uh, Their life is in a transformation phase. Uh, you actually don't appoint leaders straight away. There's a there's a bit of a waiting period before you'll actually recognize that someone, A, is a leader and uh, B, they can lead on their own. Well, yeah, the reality is that discipleship is key. And so um, we have a tension for us and, and it's a tension between um, the reality that people need discipling and they need growing and they need to get into a place where they're ready to be leaders And the other half of the tension is we believe that mobilizing young people at the moment of their transformation is possibly also the most powerful part of their leadership journey. So telling them to stop and wait and not do anything until they know enough um, sometimes isn't the right idea. They need mobilizing right now and right, right here. But also at the same time, simultaneously, they need growing, they need developing, and they need discipling. So what you're saying is that that point in time where it's typical for young people who are having that encounter with Christ, they're coming to faith, 
Uh, you're saying sometimes we get them across the line, but we leave them to rot on the vine. And there's a certain sense in which if you wait too long, uh, you can lose the potential of a young person rising up in leadership and pursuing ministry and mission. Well, I think I have lots of people say to me, why are there no young people in my church? And my question often is, um, what space have you given them to lead in the ways God's called them to do. And some of them will say, well, we didn't. We were still running programs for them and they don't show up anymore. And I say, well, maybe it's time to let them mobilize themselves to either lead their peers um, or to encourage each other under guidance and under leadership and under discipleship. But it's time for mobilization. Um, We often sit people down for too long. And in the sitting down process, um, we tend to end up not going anywhere. Now, your opportunity to contribute to our conversation here on 2020 Today, give us a call on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. We are talking about young people, and it may be that you've got your own story to share. How was it that you were discipled and how you were released into some level of leadership and responsibility in the kingdom of God, perhaps in your local church, perhaps in the, uh, some other ministry activities in your community. You can call us on one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six to be a part of our conversation. Of course, when you've got young leaders, uh, you actually don't let them uh, stray too much with their own brilliant ideas either. Uh, tell me about how hard you are on young people when you're raising them up as leaders? Well, the reality is we, 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 have, um, we have a DNA of our movement and the kind of things that, that we know that God's calling our movement to be. And churches have their, their, their goals and their, their people that they realize they, um, they're trying to reach. And, and so um, it's not a free-for-all. I don't want this to feel like, you know, the mobilization of young leaders is just let them do whatever they want and just hope for the best. That's not what this is about. It's a mixture of um, mobilizing them now embracing the fear that you potentially have. I think we all have. And I'll be honest, there are times I go, really, we're letting them do that? Um, But simultaneously embracing the reality that um, we can help them by pointing them to God to continue to refine the vision that God has in their life. And they have the ability to dream dreams. They have the ability to um, have visions and to to have the ability to bring together all of the parts needed to see that happen um, to grow the kingdom of God. They, They have that ability. And oftentimes I think we miss that and they miss that in their discipleship journey when they're not given the space. You might be part of a local church where you've got some young people and you've got a, you know, a, a embryo of a, a forming youth group ministry and perhaps there's not a lot of experience in that local church of actually getting that youth group flourishing and winning young people for Christ and really being excited and enthusiastic about mission. You've actually got some pre-packaged uh, leadership uh, programs that can help young people get on their feet. Yeah, so I, the main the main process that we would put young leaders through in partnership with the local church, and we build a three way partnership agreement with the young leader, and um, with ourselves and with the local church, um, and we would um, we would encourage them to potentially um, become part of our internship program or our young leader development program, um, and that's a year long process and it's a discipleship year as much as anything. It's a year where they do study as well, um, but it's also a year where we mobilize them. So we, we send them in the mission. We get them into local schools, local communities, um, local church opportunities for youth groups. Um, they go on a northwest mission trip to the northern part of Western Australia for three weeks on the road, visiting remote communities, doing mission. Um, and we ask them the questions of what do they love? What do they enjoy? What are the things God's got in their life? Um, what are the big visions? And so the year is about mobilizing and discipling. And so I, one of my favorite quotes is um, the quote that for many Christians, um, uh, we are we 
we are more educated than our level of obedience. And so for us, we want to equal that playing field. I'd like people to still be educated, but I'd like people to also be mobile, be actually serving and doing. And so for us, it's, it's a mobilizing and a growing year. You know, I get the impression that, uh, you know, we're talking about young people today and the sense is that we're not just talking to young people. We're not just talking to people who are involved in a local church, wherever that might be, in cities or towns or communities all around the country. And we're talking today also to parents who are thinking of their own children and how they'll continue in their Christian faith beyond those formative years when they're, you know, under mum and dad's care. But there's a time when they'll need to stand on their own. And learning principles of Christian leadership is one of those things that helps to empower a young person to go on to great things. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. This is scary empowering young people. I have five kids. I I have five boys. And um, you think as a parent... I just got to get them to a certain level of understanding something and then maybe they'll be okay on their own. Um, This ultimately is about mobilizing and empowering people to live in direct connection in their own personal relationship with Jesus, not to be reliant on me as a parent, not even necessarily be reliant on, on, um, on other people, but in the context of community where they are growing and being encouraged by other people, they're also actually um, able to grow in their faith in a, in a one-on-one relationship with who Jesus is. So, um, yeah, I think it is a scary thing. It's all scary. And, and the example we talk about, anybody who's ever taught their son or daughter to drive understands that allowing a young person to lead and do something that is out of your control <laughs> – um, is not the most pleasant experience. Um, so um, my father was a driving instructor and he taught me to drive. My mother did not cope with teaching me to drive. There were many anxious moments. And so I think we identify with that idea that we know it's right because if we never taught anybody to drive, no one would know how to drive. We know it's right, but it doesn't make it easy. So prepackaged leadership potential there. And uh, when you talk about that driving instructor idea, that really does uh, hit home. Uh, there is a sense in which uh, learners in leadership do need to have oversight. There is a way to lead. There is a way to grow into that level of maturity. And sometimes we think it happens on its own. We'll come back and talk some more in just a few moments. Our special guest is Richard Sharp. He is the CEO of Youth for Christ in Australia. You're listening in on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. Richard Sharp, the CEO of Youth for Christ in Australia, is our guest. We're talking about young people today. And raising up young people to a level of maturity as Christian believers where they can be released and, uh, as we say, mobilized in ministry and mission. Uh, Richard, one of the young identities who was very prominent in the news late last year was a young man, Zach Young. And uh, many of our listeners will remember that name as a young man who was taken by a shark on the central coast of New South Wales. Uh, he was a young man who was training with Youth for Christ. He was. Um, he was a part of our team uh, in Port Macquarie um, and um, part of a, a group of three young interns uh, that was there um, in the region of Port Macquarie, Hastings. And um, uh, it was a tragedy, um, and um, and we, we miss Zach daily. Um, but we we have had the privilege of, of seeing a young man who uh, really for um, – for 20 months, really, was the, was the period of, of huge accelerated growth we saw in him. Um, grew into a young man who had an understanding of God that um, that would just blow you away. Um, for a man of his age, um, he was 19, 20 at the time of his passing, um, and a young man who was sold out 
to um, to the reality that his life was first and foremost about loving, being loved by God, loving Him in return, and and sharing that with other people. Um, he was a, a gifted young man um, and, a, and an amazing part of our team, um, and and he he in many ways. And the journey that we saw in him and that I think for us the focus has been what are the reproducible elements that we saw in Zach's life that God was doing in him that we have a heart to see replicated in a generation of young leaders. Um, It doesn't mean that everyone becomes like Zach, but it means what are the things that God clearly can do in a young person's life? Um, How can we see those replicated um, across the board. He certainly is a shining young example and uh, certainly a sad thing that we have lost, Zach. Let's come back to uh, the formation of these sorts of values and principles in the life of a young person, Uh, something you love to talk about, the four responses to young leadership. How do you actually, in a nutshell, how do you put those uh, into our hearts and minds so we understand what those four responses should be? Sure. I, I share these with young people and I see their face light up because it looks, for the first time, it seems like I understand some of the things that they've experienced. And so if I can paint a picture of a you know a young person, maybe a 15, 16-year-old comes to you and says, I'd really like to lead. I'd like to do something in leadership in the church or, or in an organization or in my school or I'd like to lead. Um, quite often, there, there are standard four kind of responses that those young people tend to get. And um, the first one we talk about is 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 we label it an institutional response. And and basically that says um, that's very nice that you'd like to lead, but you're very young and um, you don't have a lot of experience and you probably don't know enough yet. And so how about we just we slow you down, um, you watch me a bit and kind of just learn from watching for quite a long time and, and then we'll send you off and we'll get you some training and, and eventually we may get around to letting you lead, but there's going to be a long wait period until you get up to speed. Um. The second response is often we, we call the organizational response, and that is, uh, yep, you can lead. Um, you can lead now, but you have to lead like this. You have to lead using this material. And if you have other ideas about how to do it better, um, this probably isn't the space for you to do that because um, you should be pretty thankful that we're letting you lead because we're not like those other people who don't let you lead. We're actually letting you lead. But we're going to be very prescriptive with how you lead. Unfortunately, the third response, and it's actually a little, it's a little more um, typical than we probably want to admit. And um, the third one is abandonment, and it seems horrible. But um, you know, the young person he says, "I'd really love to help run youth group," and then all of a sudden, within three weeks, um, all the other leaders have left because this guy said he'd wanted to run youth group, and now you've he's alone. And two weeks in, he doesn't know how to do it because he's a young leader and he doesn't actually know everything, even though he might think he does. Um, He needs support. He needs leadership himself. He needs that. But he needs the space to try things. And so he crumbles or she crumbles and they don't do it anymore. And the fourth response that we see as working, and it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but the reality is it's true empowerment. What does it look like when you actually genuinely empower a young person to run with the leadership gifts that they have or to do the things that God's called them to do. Now, that, again, doesn't mean do whatever you like. There's boundaries and there's encouragement and there's leadership and there's discipleship in that and there's there's all sorts of that accountability, but it mobilizes them into service. And we're often finding the places where we see the first three happen a lot are usually the places where people say, where do all the young people go? Where They left. Why are they not here anymore? Well, it actually isn't a hard question. The answer to that question is, well, they've experienced these other three 
responses. Um, the place where we're seeing fruit and we're seeing young people engage, we're seeing young people get excited, we're seeing young people reach the rest of their generation um, is where they're given the space and the environment in which to actually go after things. Um, with that accountability and leadership around them. What we're talking about here is a process, and it's not a short process in the sense of uh, developing leaders. This it can happen over uh, over many years of those years through teenagerhood into those 20s. Uh, how long do you typically think that it takes before uh, the average young person goes from that encounter with Christ to a point where they can be uh, left out there with some true empowerment? Um, how long is a piece of string? The, the <laughs> Everybody's question. different. Um, the reality is we've seen young people go from zero to just uh, mind-blowing in their ability to understand God and, and, and empowered in, in 20 months um, to, to young people who it's a, it's a long process. The reality is that if it's relationally based, um, if, it's, if it's totally encased in a journey of discipleship with people around them, um, it probably doesn't matter in the end, as long as they're on the journey towards um, having those opportunities. But um, it is, it's case by case, and, and um, it would be a very hard question to, to put a figure on. And the interesting thing is in the local church, whether that be in an isolated community or a regional centre or one of our capital cities, uh, the leaders in that church, perhaps it's the elders, perhaps it's the pastor, uh, they need to be aware that there is a process that young people are going through uh, towards this area where they can have true empowerment to lead. And really, they're not going to be effective in their ministry until they hit that point where they're at uh, true empowerment level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I don't doubt that every single person in our local churches wants to see young people mobilized. I, I don't think there's a doubt there that people don't want it. I see lots of people very passionate about it happening. The mechanism and the process by how we do it um, is probably the bit that if we can finesse that, um, we're going to start seeing fruit. So I don't think it's a matter of trying to convince people that it's a good idea. I think everybody's out there thinking we need a generation of passionate, sold-out young people for Jesus. We want that. We want to see that. Um, we've been waiting for that. We we pray for that. I know people are faithfully praying every single day to see that happen. Um, and um, and so I don't think that's the issue. I think it's it's in some ways the the process by which we go through to see that fruit happen. And I often talk about our young leaders. Our young leaders like this. It weirded them out to start with. But um, I often call our young leaders unicorns. They think that's really weird, right? <laughs> and I said, let me explain myself. I said, you're kind of like a mythical creature, you young leaders. You're like this creature we've, we've thought of and wished was real for a long time. People have talked about them, talked about these amazing young people doing things for the kingdom. They've told stories of it, and we've all wished in some ways. I said, but part of my job, I think, is to tell the rest of this country that I've seen a unicorn. I've seen one. I've seen not just one. I've seen a growing group of them, mm. and they exist. And part of my job is to introduce as many people as possible to them and to help people unearth the process by which we can see more and more of them come about. But um, I think there's a generation ready to lead. Well, why don't you give us a call and contribute to our conversation? Our talkback lines are open. 1-800-880-876 is our number. 1-800-880-876. Perhaps you've got a story from your local community, perhaps in your local church, where you've seen young people perhaps leaving 
or you've seen young people growing into a point where they can be uh, uh, people who truly are empowered to lead. Because, Richard, when we talk about true empowerment, uh, we're talking about a process. As you're saying, there wouldn't be a single person listening to our conversation now that doesn't have some sort of ideal about that impassioned young person who is sold out for the gospel, who wants to share their faith and see others introduced into the kingdom of God. But that young person that we have in our mind needs to go through a process to get to a point where they are truly empowered. Absolutely. And so I think um, there, every single one of us who are part of the kingdom of God want to see it grow, want to see young people mobile, want to see the energy and the um, the enthusiasm that these young people will bring um in, in growing the kingdom and growing our local churches. Um, I think we want that, um, but I think it's the mechanism of how we go about it. And young people, of course, uh, even young people within the context of a local church are going through all of the challenges and the changes uh, through their own development, through their teenage years and into their early adulthood, into their 20s. Uh, they need to have that oversight, that uh, that mentor, that uh, that person who can speak into their life in order to help that process go to completion. Absolutely, and and so at the core of all of this is a is a discipleship process. At, at the core of all this is the need for um, for people m- mature in the faith to walk alongside um, these young people um, as they learn what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. And so discipleship for us, it it and I think for the church is key. And the shame at sometimes is I think at sometimes we've um, we've been lured into the idea that discipleship is more about. Um, in culturalization and behavior modification, where if you just look right, you just look like us and you talk right and you say the right things and you come to church and you stop doing bad stuff in public, that'd be really good. And that's discipleship. That's not discipleship. That, I don't even know what that is, but that's not discipleship. What these young people need is they need people to be in their life. They need people to ask them the tough questions. They need people to... to um, challenge them on that, to ask them to go to Scripture and find the answers for things, um, to go to Jesus and to, to pray on their knees, to find out direction, um, not necessarily to answer all of their questions, but to point them in directions where they could find the answers. And, um, and I think an effective discipleship process will produce fruit. Let's take a call from one of our listeners. Vanessa is in Chinchilla in Queensland. Hello, Vanessa. What's your Hello, contribution? I'm very well. Thank you very much. And thanks That's for your call today. You're welcome. I just did actually have a few thoughts and um, comments that I'd like to share, um, one of which was the importance of mentorship, with, which is essentially what we're saying here, mm. is that mentorship is very valuable in the lives of young people. And I know that for myself and my husband, having mentors in our life has been a crucial part of the journey. And something that I was recently just talking to my mentor about um, the other day was about how we need to remain, as young people, faithful to the formation process and it does take time and it is a journey and it's something that can't be rushed and I think that as young people we have that desire and passion to do the work of the Lord and to um, continue in in our leadership um, abilities but sometimes we forget how important it is to be faithful and obedient to the leadership that God has put in our life to learn from And I know that for myself and my husband, that's something that we have learnt um, and had to continue to learn in this process, that that is a very important thing. And on that note, submitting to the authority that God has given you within the local church and within your mentors is also very, very important. Um, 
you've got to, as a young person, you've got to understand that there have been other people that are wiser and more mature as Christians that have gone through this road before you. Mm. And, and a part of being humble is listening to their advice and obviously constantly praying to God through that advice and allowing him to ultimately direct you as well. Absolutely, I, and I think um, I think you're spot on. And I think the the thing that's going to make that work is um, is twofold: is is people making themselves available to mentor these young people, to be available to be present in in young people's lives, and to to actually do that role. Absolutely. That is absolutely crucial. And then a willingness and an understanding from the young person to to be part of this process and to realize that maybe they don't know everything they think they know, and that actually a journey towards humility and a journey towards true understanding um, their relationship with Christ in a relationship with someone who's willing to be in their life in that discipleship process um, is is going to be fruitful. So I think you couldn't be more right, and I think it it, it demands in in many ways um, two different uh, approaches uh, from different groups of people to make this happen. Vanessa, let me ask you a question about uh, parents. Uh, what role do you think parents play actually in uh, helping their kids to uh, look to their church leadership? Because it's the church leadership that obviously probably is the most likely ones to be the mentors when it comes to uh, you know growing in your empowerment. Uh, but uh, but what, what are your thoughts on parents? Is that something you picked up on? Because you you mentioned some things about parents, didn't you? Um, yeah, I I really believe that I'm a parent myself. So we have a, a son that's six months old. And I actually, my mentors that I choose to have in my life are parents themselves <laughs> because I really value what they can input into my own life. Um, and I really believe that uh, parents have a, have a huge responsibility um, in our church, also as far as mentorship goes, um, because I think for myself, being a woman, I'm looking for that spiritual mother figure in my life to encourage me and develop me in my character um, I hope that that answers your question. <laughs> That's good. Vanessa, thank you very much for being part of 2020 today. Wonderful You're to welcome. hear from you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Richard, when we talk about the role of parents, not every parent is going to be able to get their children to that point of uh, empowered uh, to be a minister of the gospel. But parents have a role in actually helping their children uh, appreciate that there is a level of obedience that's necessary uh, to their Christian leaders in their church to actually come under that sort of submissive uh, servanthood uh, towards this time of empowerment. Yeah, and I think, look, I think that the balance in all this is is really important. I think we need to see um, young people will will see what they're modelled. That, that's just a reality. Um, and, you know, I think in, in there are two different groups of young people we can quite easily talk about. And one is the young, the group of young people who may see this modelled on a regular basis because they've grown up within a church context or they've grown up a, attached to some kind of um, uh, connection to a church context. Um, but potentially we're also talking about um, a growing generation of young people who probably at this point in history have as little and as, as, little and as vastly underestimated knowledge of God or the Bible than we've ever seen before. We have a generation of young people who just have have no biblical literacy, and so um, they're they're not going to learn that anywhere. That that's not coming naturally to them in any way, shape, or form. And so you you see a young person come from that starting point into a relationship with Christ. You see a transformational relationship birth in their life. Um, number one, you can see the change is dramatic 
because of, of their story. Um, but that needs modeling then by in, intentional people in people's lives. So it doesn't just happen by modeling an osmosis. It has to happen through actually people committing themselves to inbuild these characteristics of Christ in people. And so, um, you know, mentorship, you know, sure, it's a huge and it's big to have somebody in your life who's been there and done that. Um, for us also, we would, we would mobilize coaching as a really powerful process as being very different to mentoring where it's not about telling you or helping you with answers from your experience, but it is genuinely about asking some very powerful questions um, about you trying to discover what it is God's doing in you and through you. Our guest is Richard Sharp. He's the CEO of Youth for Christ in Australia. We're talking about mobilizing young people in ministry and mission. You can contribute to our conversation. You can call us on 1-800-880-876. We'll come back and talk some more in just a few moments. 2020 on Vision. We're talking about young people this hour and mobilising young people into ministry and mission. Our special guest is Richard Sharp, the CEO of Youth for Christ. Uh, Richard, Youth for Christ, a fabulous organisation. We talked about this year being the 70th year. Uh, let me just take you back to our beginning of our conversation. You said you actually don't have a Youth for Christ office in Tasmania. No, we uh, don't. Is there a particular call you could put out to Tasmanians <laughs> to say, we want to get something started? Look, we'd, lo- we'd love to hear from anybody anywhere around this country who um, has a passion in the heart um, to see a generation of young people have an opportunity to be followers of Jesus. That's our, that's our vision statement, and we would love to see that happen. And that could be in partnership with many local churches. That could be in isolated communities where the church isn't existing. Um, in whatever way, shape, or form, if there's somebody who is listening who would like support, would like encouragement, would like resourcing, would actually like practical assistance, um, anything we can do to support and serve, we'd love to do that. And, of course, the website is www.yfc.org.au. And you can go to that website and you can make contact with Richard Sharp. And, uh, of course, there are offices all over Australia. Uh, the opportunity there for people to become involved in various states and territories. Absolutely. And that could be um, that could be as a prayer partner, that could be as... Um, as a volunteer, that could be as a financial donor, that could be um, as just someone who um, can open up a whole new network or a whole new group of relationships um, for us to be partnering with. Let me ask you about uh, financial needs. Uh, every ministry has some level of financial needs. You guys got any special fundraisers going at the moment? Yeah, we do. Look, the reality is that Youth for Christ is a mission-based organisation. We basically like overseas missionaries, but we stay home. And so that's, that's, that is a unique challenge for us in many ways. But, you know, there are many organisations that are run like that. And um, our campaign currently um, that we're happening right now is um, we're promoting um, a scholarship appeal to, to build funds for a national scholarship fund. And the scholarship fund goes directly to um, to empowering and releasing young people around Australia. So it's about um, training them, about um, supporting them, and about creating space and letting them be part of something. And so the scholarship fund, uh, we, have a, we have a target of $100,000 um, by the 15th of April. Um, and uh, we actually have also secured a matching grant dollar for dollar for every donation. And so ultimately, we're, we're looking to raise $200,000 by the 15th of April. Okay, those matching grants mm. can be very significant. And uh, sometimes Sometimes that's what gets some people across the line to making a significant donation because Absolutely. if they know that there's someone who's uh, who's backing that and is going to match it dollar for dollar, that makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And there, so the reality for us is it costs $10,000 for us to put a young person through for a full year um, to be part of our internship program. And that includes a certificate for, it includes some formal training, and it includes a three-week mission trip to northwest and western Australia, remote communities. 
Um, it includes many things for this whole year. And so for $5,000, once that's doubled up, that is an entire internship covered for a young person to be mobilised. And the local church, whether they be in remote locations or regional centres, capital cities, uh, just remind us very quickly what sort of uh, connections you would like to have with local churches around the nation. Well, we'd love to hear from local churches about if they... Um, they have opportunities that they would like support with or help with. Um, we would like to hear from churches if they have young leaders that they would like support with helping to mobilize. Because the reality for the internship for us is it's about building quality leaders that will help grow your church and that will help be part of the life of your local church ultimately. So we want to hear from um, local churches who have opportunities, who want to create opportunities, um, who want to build relationships in their communities and they, they could do with some resourcing or some help. Well, we've been talking about mobilising young people today in ministry and mission. Our special guest has been Richard Sharp, the CEO of Youth for Christ in Australia. Uh, You've heard a great presentation today if you've been listening in about how to mobilise young leaders. And I'll point you to the website. It's yfc.org.au. So www.yfc, that stands for Youth for Christ, yfc.org.au. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today, Richard. Yeah, real pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.